This is the Pedal Pumping Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Footnip. I am totally pumped to do the second episode of this podcast because, to be honest, when I... <laughs> When I published the first episode, I really didn't hype it up. It was, I didn't even know when I went to bed the night before that I was going to wake up in the morning and decide to do this podcast, but I did it. I created a little graphic for it. I recorded it and just posted it. And I thought, if I think about it too much, I'll get cold feet. So I'm just going to do it. And oh my gosh, you guys, your comments and emails and overwhelming I am just so my heart is full and I want to say thank you for listening I don't know how you all found me but I am so grateful that you did and I am so grateful that pedal pumping found me I kind of talked about last time how I stumbled into it and I really do feel like the pedal pumping community and the fetish found me and and I'm so grateful for that. So I originally thought that I would just kind of maybe post once in a while or here and there. But after it, you know, after the first episode, I've received so many fantastic emails and stories and volunteers to come on the podcast as guests and talk to me. I am just overwhelmed in the best possible way. And I'm really excited to do this second episode. And, uh, you know, I think this might become a thing that we do, you know, like, I, I can't quite say maybe weekly. We'll see. We'll see how how much time I can dedicate to it. But so far, it's been really fun reading your emails, hearing your stories, just connecting and feeling like I'm getting I'm getting some insight behind who you all are and that's really incredible. On today's podcast, I want to share a little story with you about a situation that happened to me the other day when I was driving my Jeep. So I mentioned in the podcast last time that I have a 1962 CJ5 and it's fairly new to me. I mean, obviously it's an old car, but I just bought it in February. So I'm still getting familiar with it and used to driving it. It is a complete beast. It is so different driving my Jeep from my BMW. I mean, the driving experience is completely different and I I love both. They both are wonderful in their own ways. And I have a little story um, <laughs> that I want to share as I'm getting familiar with driving the Jeep. I've had some little mishaps and things that have happened. Things that I would normally feel a little bit embarrassed about, but I feel like I can tell you guys and um, you might even enjoy it. But before I do that, I want to read some emails that you've sent me. Last time I read an email from someone I'm going to call HJ. And HJ responded and said, Mimi, you read my email on your podcast. How cool is that? Thanks. You had some questions or comments throughout, which I'll try to answer. Yes, red nail polish has always been my preference. I don't know why, but I think probably because of this experience. Cranking and flooding in any carbureted car is a desire, but yes, 
old Mustangs and maybe more generally old Fords are my favorite. They had a great sound when being cranked and seemed to be easy to flood. The babysitter was a neighbor girl and my sister and I absolutely loved her. I'm sure I had a crush on her like any eight-year-old boy would have. My parents loved her too, which is why they let us take her, uh, which is why they let her take us to the pool in my mom's car. Interesting that you brought up the psychology of memories. This was like a hundred years ago now. So yes, memories do fade, but the memory of watching her drive barefoot is vivid. I don't recall the car not starting on the way to the pool, but it was always on the way home. We lived in the Midwest where the summers were scorching. We'd come out and spread our damp towels on the unbelievably hot vinyl seats. My sister always rode in front, me in the back. The babysitter wore those flip-flops that were popular in the 70s. They were black, but had a couple of shades of blue stripes running down the sides. You have a pair that is similar with red and pink and peach colors. She would get in and immediately slip off her shoes. Then she would start or try to start the car. Often it would, but sometimes not. In retrospect, I think it was so hot the gas would vapor lock. Whatever the reason of the car not starting, it was sexy watching her barefoot pump the gas and struggle to start the car. Also, again in retrospect, I think that some of the arousal was tied to the uncertainty or the fear of the situation. Obviously, before cell phones, there was a legit concern that if the car didn't start, we'd be stuck or walking. So there was some anxiety tied to it. Fuel injection and cell phones have removed much of this. And as a result, I think pedal pumping will be a dying fetish. As many of us older fellas age out, the younger generation won't understand what the hell this was all about. I hope I didn't put you to sleep with all this rambling. Have a good night. That was a great email. Um, HJ, you're a great writer as well. I enjoy reading this. And as I'm reading it, I want to kind of break in and interrupt. You were eight years old, and I do remember as a kid getting out of the swimming pool in the summer and the hot vinyl seats kind of almost stick to it and sort of sizzle your skin. I do have, those, I do share those memories with you. And you're riding in the back seat and you could see the babysitter and her, you know, 70s flip-flops. I know back then we used to call them thongs, right? <laughs> they only, I think, in the 90s when thong underwear became popular or in the late 80s, early 90s when thong underwear became popular, we started calling thong sandals flip-flops. Anyway, she would try to start the car and sometimes it wouldn't start. I think that you're right. There's... I've heard this from other people, the, the fear or the uncertainty of the situation. When I was a kid, um, sometimes my mom would, she had a brown Toyota Corolla. It was like a four-speed or a five-speed, I don't know. I was little, I don't, I don't really remember, but she would, and it had black, those hot black vinyl seats. I remember after swim lessons, that feeling. And sometimes she would leave my brother and I in the car and run into the, the supermarket. And I remember always being kind of scared. 
you know, we were like, I was always scared when she would leave the car running. So sometimes she would leave the car running and run into the store. Of course, this was back in the 70s. People would never do this kind of thing now, I don't think. But she would run into the store and I remember just being kind of afraid because I didn't know how to operate the car and it was running. And so I had sort of fear and anxiety about what could happen. It was it was pretty intense. I I still remember it. Even to this day, if I'm a passenger in a car and it's and the driver steps out and leaves the car running with me in the passenger seat, I have quite a bit of anxiety about that. If I'm in the driver's seat and the car's running, fine. No problem. But if I'm in the passenger seat, somebody steps out of the car and it's running, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Anyway, I guess I'm just trying to kind of relate my own experience, childhood experience around car anxiety. And that's the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about kind of like fear or anxiety and how that could be you know, it's an arousing, it's a, you're a, it's a heightened emotion, right? So you're highly stimulated when you're having that kind of fear and anxiety. And so if you are also a little heterosexual boy seeing, a, you know, a sexy teenage girl's foot, I could see how that would be wired together in your brain and, and paired up in such a way that there's like this thrilling, kind of sexual rush of like excitement and fear and not knowing what's going to happen next. Yeah, I just I'm kind of appreciating that appreciating imagining that kind of physical sensation flooding over your your mind and your body as you experience that and and I know and I and I believe you when you say your memory is vivid because I I share with you like vivid memories of you know cars and fear and anxiety like I just described and it does feel very vivid and real now if I were to have some kind of hidden camera footage of that time maybe it would look different than the way I remember it but your experience is your experience and that's and that's your kind of that's what it was to you that's what you saw and felt at that time so it's so interesting. I mean, I wonder, do do any of you think about, do you think about like, how did this start? What was that pivotal moment? Or was there a moment? Or is this, um, you know, more like a an orientation, sexual orientation that you're born with? Like you're just oriented or wired in a way that, you know, pedal pumping is arousing or erotic to you? Or was it like based on some experience where there was a stimulus in the in the environment and there was a you know biological experience and response to that stimulus and and a mental and emotional response to that stimulus and all of those things kind of synced up in such a way that you know your your fetish was born I don't know I think it's it's fascinating and um, it just sounds like such a warm kind of memory even though there was you know that fear and anxiety there was also a certain level of eroticism and excitement and the uncertainty of of not knowing what would happen and I think probably on some level knowing that it would be okay right if you had to walk home or 
hitchhike or something like you you weren't gonna die it wasn't life or death but it did feel like a big deal yeah and and mustangs are cool cars i don't think anyone would argue with you there and and um 70s striped flip-flops i know what you're talking about i remember those they're very cool if i could get my hands on a pair i would wear them i'd wear them out so HJ, thank you for sharing the follow-up email. Yeah, and the red nail polish. I find that a lot of a lot of guys that are into pedal pumping have like specific nail polish or pedicure style preferences or nail preferences, like length or shape. And and I, I find that interesting. Like if it's a preference like any other, or if it has roots in one of these early experiences. I'd, I'd be interested to hear more about those kinds of details from, from listeners. If you're listening and you want to share with me your experience or you have questions you'd like me to address on the podcast, you can email me at mimifootniff at gmail.com and I'm happy to do my best to <laughs> try to answer whatever I can. Um, I have one more email that I want to read, and this is from somebody named M.B., and he writes, Dear Mimi, I found myself listening to your podcast on YouTube, and you posed an excellent question. Why don't we talk about our fetish more openly? I can only tell you my personal answer, which is because it's a very strange thing. I mean, people the world over know about foot fetish, But the second you bring a car, whether it be revving, driving, cranking, it instantly becomes something unnatural or comical to people. Being disabled and autistic, I had to deal with people laughing at me or thinking I was abnormal for half my life. And sometimes I feel that if I tell someone about my fetish, they'll just treat me the same way. Nowadays, I thankfully have a very loving girlfriend who doesn't necessarily understand my fetish, but does at least accept the fact that pedal pumping, cranking in particular, does it for me, and is always happy for me to admire her feet. I'm still very quiet in general about my fetish, but it's nice to have someone in my life who I can trust, who knows about it, but doesn't judge me for it. Thanks for reading my 3am rambling. Sorry it was so long. Kind regards. I am so happy that you have a relationship with with someone who you, with whom you can be open and who may not understand your fetish but accepts you unconditionally and loves you for it and um, that is amazing. I am so curious how you brought it up and how after you know experiencing so much um, teasing or people kind of looking at you like you're crazy how you had the courage to share I, I guess you must feel very very safe with her and she must be a, a really wonderful open person to to give you that sense that it would be okay to share it with her but yeah in the last podcast I was saying you know why why is pedal pumping so hidden in the fetish world even um, and why you know as I became a pedal pumping fetish creator I found that nobody in my life had ever heard of it I hadn't even heard of it really until I kind of it found me and here I am so I've wondered that like why is this such a is it just such a small community but it doesn't feel like a small community it feels like there are lots and lots and lots of people that share the same 
you know, the same enjoyment with this kind of this kind of thing. So, yeah, it's true. People all over the world know about foot fetish. It's quite it's one of perhaps the most most common fetishes. And you're right when you, you said, when, but the second you bring a car in, whether it be revving, driving, whatever, it instantly becomes something unnatural. I'm going to make air quotes around that unnatural or comical. Yeah, it's like, I, and I wonder if that will, if it will always be that way, because in reality, you know, there's more and more technology, like with um, sex robots, you know, sex dolls, like robotic sex dolls and and just the more that technology is integrated into our in our lives in these like very intimate ways I mean so many just even sex toys now like a basic vibrator can be controlled like on an app on your phone and so I I wonder if at some point it won't feel so strange to people or or seem so unnatural I also wonder about the future of pedal pumping with with electric cars. You know, the sound is different um, with autonomous cars where people aren't really driving. The cars are driving themselves. Like if pedal pumping has a future or if what that would look like. I, I'm also curious if you want to share with me your thoughts and fears or hopes and dreams for the future of the fetish. I, you know, I think about that a lot. Um, yeah, every time I hear something in the news about like restrictions on gasoline cars or, you know, converting cars to, I mean, I think recently the post office, the United States post office is like adding 10% of its fleet are going to be electric vehicles. I wonder, I wonder what that will be like, um, if, I mean, I don't know. Can you crank an electric car? The engine's not turning over in the same way. Or is it? I don't know. I don't know that much about car mechanics. So <laughs> somebody somebody can help me out there. I'd love to, to know more. We can speculate together about the future of pedal pumping. I, I guess I also want to say to MB that um, in addition to thank you for reaching out to me, I'm happy to read your 3 a.m. ramblings. It wasn't it wasn't long at all. Um, and I think probably the listeners also enjoyed hearing your perspective. And I I'm wondering if others can relate. Do do you also feel those of you listening? Do you also feel that because of a disability or because of um, autism or because of some other label that um, people have given you grief over in the past if having a pedal pumping fetish compounds just the way that you've been maybe rejected or misunderstood um you know people laughing at you or thinking you were quote abnormal i'm just curious if if anyone else can relate or has experiences along those lines i can, that would definitely explain i think why a lot of people would be quiet about their pedal pumping fetish because, you know, if if you're a man in, at least in my culture, and you have, um, you know, you're like, quote, a player, and you date a lot of women, and you 
um, have a lot of sexual partners, you're kind of like, oh, that's considered admirable or something to be proud of. And if, um, you know, we have these really narrow definitions of like what it is to be a man and what things are, quote, natural or correct. We kind of, as a society, police behavior along gender lines and um, and sexually. So I, I can see why there would be there would be good reason to not want to be outed as different. You know, we all have this like deep biological, like in our bones, literally in our DNA, this like need to belong. We're social animals. We are interdependent. Uh, we really can't survive out in the wild on our own. And so it's really important to, to some extent, conform to fit in and, and be a part of society. And so from a very, very young age, we are socialized. And that means we have to prune away certain behaviors in order to fit into our family and into our community and our society and the world at large. So we learn at a young age that there's certain things we can't do. Um, if we want love and acceptance, right? And, or there's certain things we can't say or certain behaviors that will get us in trouble. So we start pruning away parts of ourselves. And, you know, part of that is just what it means to be a human. But sometimes I think we prune away too much and we start to lose parts of ourselves or we start hiding parts of ourselves and that can result in a lot of shame and that's what I I feel concerned about um shame shame is like a poison you know and it so it warms my heart to know that MB has a partner that may not understand but accepts and is open and um you know like I think it's really important to have that kind of support and be seen for who you are and have that be normalized. It's a normal thing. I, I'm I'm learning that pedal pumping, it's not so weird. People, lots of people are into it. And that that's great for me. That works out for me because I love doing it. And so, um, you know, yay. If you can relate or you want to share your story, please email me at mimifootnip at gmail.com. And now we'll get on to talking about my Jeep. So I got this Jeep, right? And um, I call the Jeep Big Red. That's kind of his nickname. He's a boy. His name is Big Red and he is three speeds and he is pretty easy to shift out of first gear, like but from first to second, sometimes second, I have to really kind of force second gear. It's not just a smooth, easy shift. Like like when I had my Honda CRX back in the day, like that thing I could just, you know, just slide between first and second gear. This is much harder and I don't know, maybe requires more precision and just more force. There's no power steering. There's no power brakes. To stop this thing, I have to use, you know, my entire leg. Uh, it, you drive the Jeep with your entire body. It is a full body experience. And so 
there's a hill near my house. It's quite steep. It's the kind of hill that if you're driving a stick, you're going to roll back a little bit. There's just kind of no way to not roll back. And so I, I feel pretty confident about driving a manual transmission, but the Jeep is new to me. It's, it's completely different than other cars I've driven, other sticks. And so I'm at the top of this hill. There are cars in front of me. There are cars behind me, and we're all stopped. And there's a stoplight, of course, at the top of the hill. There's a stoplight. So I'm stopped at the stoplight. And I've managed this hill in the Jeep before. It's not my first time stopped on the hill. Oh, but I'm stopped there. And um, for some reason, the light when the light turns green, I hit the gas and start, you know, lifting my left foot slowly off the clutch. And I feel like the clutch is it's tough like it's really hard to engage again it like takes my whole leg my whole body to engage the clutch but it's a smooth clutch so at least in first gear um but I stalled it I don't know what happened I mean I definitely gave it plenty of gas but it could have been just that the jeep was really cold I mean the hill is literally just turning the corner from my block where I live. So I stall on the hill. And of course, I slam on the brakes, full body slam on the brakes, because there's a car right behind me. And you know, most cars nowadays are automatics. Like, it feels like fewer and fewer people even know how to drive a, a standard. And they don't really give you enough room. right? They just pull right up to your bumper. So I slam on the brakes and I'm like, fuck. That panic feeling of like, <sighs> first of all, I'm, I'm embarrassed. And I hadn't, I haven't felt embarrassed about stalling a car in a long time. Uh, <laughs> I just haven't, it hasn't happened in a while. So I stall the car. I'm feeling embarrassed. The car has, you know, the Jeep has no doors, right? It's completely open. So I I can't hide. Like people can see me. So that's compounding my embarrassment. And I'm, so I'm on this hill and I'm like, what do I do? And I don't have like an e-brake. Okay. So this is like the the game changer. I don't have an e-brake. There's a handbrake, but the handbrake is so hard for me to like you have to pull it. I have to use both hands to pull it and like both feet to like leverage my body weight and my strength. And so I don't even really use the handbrake. I just park it and leave it in gear, Um, you know, like on a flat, in a flat parking lot or in my garage or whatever, because it is just like impossibly difficult to, um, to easily engage the handbrake. So I'm like, I can't do that. I I can't I need like I have I have my right foot on the brake pedal and I'm thinking okay I have to give this car gas in order to start it it's not like a modern car like my BMW that I my BMW requires my foot on the brake in order to start the computer will say ah your foot's not on the brake and it won't start so 
I'm like, I need to have the clutch in and I need to have my foot on the gas. So how am I going to do this? And I'm like, well, I can't really do that. So I put, I pop it into neutral. I put my left foot on the brake and I try to start it and give it gas with my right foot and it just keeps stalling and I roll back a little further down the hill. By this time, the cars behind me are like going around me, like in the other lanes. People are just, and I'm just stuck on this hill now. Nobody in front of me because all those cars have gone through the intersection. <sighs> I think it took me, I don't know, I think maybe on the third try, I finally got the jeep started. Got up to the top of the hill, went through the intersection and went on my merry way. But talk about, you know, that feeling of that panic and that fear and my heart was racing. And for the rest of my drive, I was I had quite a big adrenaline, you know, surge, just all this adrenaline dumped into my bloodstream. And I'm driving around with my heart racing. And this video is... Um, about five minutes long, and I'm posting it to my OnlyFans and Avian Stars on Monday, April 26th. So if you want to see, <laughs> if you want to see my panic um, and my my fear and my stalling on the hill and all the cars, you can see the cars driving past me and driving around me. That five minute video is available or will be available on April 26th on OnlyFans and Avian Stars. So <laughs> if you're really interested or if you're a subscriber, you'll be able to see it there. And if you're interested, you can subscribe to either one. Um, Avian, I post the same things on Avian Stars and OnlyFans. So um, just subscribe to, to one. And yeah, that's my story. I um, was super embarrassed and felt like such a novice, you know, like I'm stalling my car on a hill like I'm a teenager. Um, there are also some videos of the Jeep. Um, I haven't done this recently, but there's some videos that I have queued up on Avian Stars and OnlyFans that um where I'm grinding the gears I don't know if if you know I, I know some people enjoy that I don't enjoy enjoy it it kind of uh like kind of makes me cringe when it happens and it's upsetting to me because I don't want to damage my new old classic car but there's some interesting things about it um about shifting in this jeep and it is it is tough to drive, um, and sometimes it, I can't. I have to really jam, 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 and double clutch it, and really sh like shove it into second, and get it from second to third. It is, it's a bitch sometimes. So, if any of that interests you, you can check out all the Jeep videos. I've got some on OnlyFans and Avian Stars already, and I've got lots more queued up. I mean, there's Jeep, there are Jeep videos queued up through the summer, so. Uh, and if you hate Jeeps, don't subscribe. <laughs> You're going to see a lot of Jeep videos. I bought a really cool um, 
like GoPro clamp that clamps onto roll bars so I can like move the the camera around and like position it I've you know get different camera angles I'm still playing with that somewhat and seeing like all the different ways that I can film in the Jeep um, there are some limitations just the structure and the way the roll bars and you know it's not like you could have any angle or any you know any view that you want I've had some struggles trying to get different views but overall it's pretty great and it's pretty fun and I freaking love that jeep I've maybe I'll have a jeep episode we'll just talk about the jeep but I will say that that jeep has been my dream car since I was 15 years old I've wanted it and I finally bought it for myself last month so yay me (laughs) anyway I hope you all are driving your dream cars and if you drive and I hope you um, enjoyed this episode please give me your feedback you know I am just kind of doing this off the off the cuff so let me know what you'd like to hear more of or hear me talk about if you have questions or if you'd like to come on the podcast and talk to me or if you would like to just share your story or have me read some pedal pumping fan fiction or fantasy stories let me know I am into that too You can find me, um, probably the easiest way to remember is just go to my website, mimifootnip.com, and I think I have links to like all my social media there. I have a YouTube channel, um, I have Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, I'm on Reddit even though I don't know how to use it. Um, I don't know where else. (laughs) You'll, You'll find me around. Do all those things, you know, like subscribe or like or leave me a good review in the iTunes store, whatever podcasters say. Do all that. Do all those things. Thanks so much. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.